Welcome, everybody, to the You're Still Out Golf podcast. This is your host, Jonathan Teal. I am joined today. We are kind of uh, inmates running the asylum sort of situation. Uh, Hannah Screen. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to be back, of course, as always. Absolutely. Hannah joining us, uh, I guess, this evening. Via Zoom from the UK. Uh, actually, every part of the You're Still Out squad is in parts unknown. We have Scotty G out in Las Vegas. We have Keith in lovely Hawaii on vacation. Obviously, I am here in Oklahoma City. So we have four different time zones covered. Uh, pretty impressive. We are worldwide. We are absolutely worldwide. Uh, what is not worldwide as of yet is our primary sponsor. That would obviously be Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Chalk right there in Chisholm Creek Plaza, 1324 West Memorial Road is the place to be this October and this November. College football, NFL football. We are getting close to the World Series Fall Classic. Uh, for that matter, English Premier League, our beloved golf. It's all there at Chalk. 106 televisions to fill your sports viewing needs. Get to Chalk for specials going on this and every weekend. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Hannah, we have, uh, we have worked out all audio issues. Uh, I will say, you know, just uh, listener beware. We are... Um, Kind of making this work the best we can. Studio 1A unavailable. Studio 2G. So some technical difficulties. So we're uh, we're back in engineering it, but uh, we will try to keep it lively for everybody that is listening. I think we got to start with CJ Cup. We do. It's been a big weekend. Exciting. It, it was a big, big weekend. A surprisingly big weekend. I feel like the entire fall is just. Um, supposed to be sort of doldrums for golf, and it's been been quite packed, if I might say. Yeah, I agree. Now, time zone challenges weren't limited to getting the year still out squad together in person. Uh, golf viewing was a bit of a time zone issue. Obviously, you there in the UK, six yeah. hours ahead. Tough for CJ Cup. The uh, BM, the LPGA BMW being held in Korea, kind of tough for everybody. But uh, we, we were professionals and we did a lot of uh, viewing on recording and whatnot. So let's start with the CJ. Quite a field that they assembled. Yeah, just late in the year, it was amazing, amazing field. Yeah, I think fifteen of the top twenty teed it up down at Congaree, yeah. which. For a fall event, is is almost unheard of. I feel like they got caught with their pants down a little bit because the the television coverage was dreadful. It was like three hours each day. So even if you wanted to watch it, it was it was difficult to do so. I maybe they didn't expect to have that good a field, and um, I don't I don't know how. It always makes it exciting, you know, when all those guys just show up because it's just anyone's. Obviously, some people have form, but it's anyone's anyone's guy, really. It's really exciting. Uh, that's a good point. I will say that um, 
the way things are right now, anytime our man Rory turns up, he has been very much in form. So let's start with newly crowned world number one in the world, Rory McIlroy. Uh, I got to tell you, he is almost incapable, it seems, of shooting a bad round of golf right now. I agree. He looks so good all the time, and it's just been so close, and I'm so happy for him that he finally you know, got back to world number one. He just deserves it. I saw earlier he's had 10 top fives in the last 15 starts. I mean, that's just crazy. It's amazing. So I, happy for him. I mean, it really is incredible the run of golf he's been on really for the last, um, you know, 12 months, I think, even dating back to last year's CJ Cup where he really started to get it going. Uh, Three wins this year, only one miscut. I I saw a stat that this is the eighth calendar year of his career that he'll end the year with more wins than miscuts. Must be nice. <laughs> great. Must, must be nice. I mean, to um, to not only have that level of, of a ceiling where you're winning that much, but to have the floor be where you're always around for the weekend. Um, those years would have been uh, 20, uh, 2009, 2011-2012, 2014-15-16, and then 2019 and 2022, again, all years where he had uh, more wins than missed cuts. To your point, 10 top fives in the last 15 starts, which I, I – let me, let me ask you this. Being somebody who is now a professional golfer, a little tease for the end of our podcast here, um, I don't feel like people give – and I, this wasn't on the script, so I'm putting you on the spot – I don't feel like people give top fives and top tens in professional tournaments the um, the credence that they deserve. I feel like we're kind of a win or bust culture. Like if you didn't win, you didn't have a good week. And top fives are are simply outstanding. What, what's your what would you tell people right to explain to them how good um, top fives are and being able to do that so consistently? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone knows that golf is a game of margins. And if you're up there in the top five, you've basically done what the winner's done, especially at this level. It's just you could have got a bounce one way or ball spun too much. It can literally be down to centimetres, millimetres even. It's just, yeah, top fives, you're right. They don't get the credit that they deserve. The top five in any event, really, um, means that, that you're doing something right. A great confidence boosters as well. So there might be some players out there on the PGA Tour, the European Tour, wherever, that they're kind of knocking on the door, top 10, top 5, and people don't really notice them. But, I mean, they'll be winning too. So definitely need more credit. Yeah, I totally agree and think that um, if there were some way to kind of quantify how good a top 5 is, and I know not all top fives are created equal. Like sometimes you, you know, shoot a low score on the last round and get you in the top five, or sometimes your top five is still like ten strokes back of of winning. And so um, it's not a complete apples to apples story. But I do think that we throw out a lot of those 
they finished top five, they finished top ten, and I don't think that has a lot of, uh, it's kind of hard for people, like, relatively to understand how good that yeah. is. Okay. Um, I want to talk Rory's longevity. I think that we all still look at Rory as, like, this kid, you know, that's out there bouncing around, mm-hmm. and he has been doing it and doing it at a high level for a long, long time. He now has the, um, I believe it's third longest span in between the first time he achieved world number one status and the, in this case, last time is the current time that he achieved world number one. I believe it was 2012 when he first became number one in the world. Um, That's only outpaced by Tiger, which honestly every stat is outpaced by Tiger. And then, surprisingly, I saw Greg Norman had, um, like, an 11-year, maybe 11 or 12-year difference between the first time he achieved role number one and um, and finishing off. And I think in 98 was the last time he had that. So, that... It just makes makes you more... I'm so excited for next year. I'm so excited for Augusta. If he keeps the form going, I know that seems like a long way away. But, I mean, he's kept the form... He's kept the form the second half of this year all the time. If he just keeps going and builds on that confidence, it could be a big one next year. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's so hard. You know this better than anybody. The You have it, and you think you're never going to lose it. And then when you don't have it, you think you're never going to get it back. I know. Um, it's crazy. Like You just wake up and do the wildest things and it can be as i said earlier like game of inches it can be anything your le- left calf could be tight that day or something and you don't swing it right i don't know it could be anything but i hope i really hope it'd be so entertaining i would love to see him win a green jacket at one point i'm sure he'll do it i would love for him to do that it will be one of the most okay non-tiger division think this has to be a disclaimer it will be one of the most impressive things that i've ever seen if he turns up to augusta and wins because unless he's just in really bad form you know going through the west coast swing he will be the favorite and we talked about this i think it was you and i definitely on the pod, where how hard it is to turn up as the favorite in any tournament, right, in, in any event, and win. And for him, to, if he were to do that on that stage with all that pressure, I guess you'd say, I, that would be one of the best victories, I think, in, in so golf history. Sad. Maybe we'll manifest it for him. Maybe we're doing it right now. Right now in the universe. <laughs> I... Uh, I, I hope we are. I really hope we are. I feel like a lot of different people have been trying to manifest it for him for a long time. I don't know if you know yeah. will be the thing that gets it over the hump, but yeah. he now has. Like, go ahead. It's like me manifesting Ricky Fowler's comeback. <laughs> That's, I've been doing that for years, and he played well the other day, so it might be working finally. I mean, if you can get it, if you can get these guys uh, kicked into gear, that uh, that'll be some impressive. Uh, Oh, impressive mind games for you. I, so Rory's 23rd career win, uh, also impressive. Uh, and that puts him kind of in rare air with every new victory that he gets. Uh, I thought it was a crazy 
kind of thing to look through that he has 23 wins in his career. Tiger has defended the same PGA Tour title 23 different times. Yeah, it's just it's just tough to beat. I wonder if in like I don't know a, a lot of years in the future, eventually, will does Tiger? He'll obviously still be in the conversation, but I wonder if someone will just ever break it. I don't know, I, and I do think that it'll still be people will just start saying that. Uh, not counting Tiger Woods, this person is the best or has yeah. the most or has the longest streak or whatever it is because yeah. uh, everything when we talk about golf uh, viewed through the Tiger lens is uh, probably a little bit uh, a little bit unfair. Uh, who, anybody else on the leaderboard kind of grab you from the CJ Cup? Um, I can go down it a little bit, but just kind of curious. If there was anybody you followed or when you checked the leaderboard were uh, happy not, with? Not specifically followed, but I guess like when I've seen on social media, it's almost like non-golf related. Just the way that Tom Kim is just handling himself <laughs> and he's just like such a ball of fun, happy energy. And you can just, he's like wide-eyed and just ready. I think he's going to be great next year. But yeah, I just, I've really enjoyed, honestly, seeing the interviews and the little bits with him and Rory this week. I think that was, that was really nice. But, um, yeah, big week for Tom. For those who didn't see it, was paired in the first and second rounds with big Rory, and they got on well and had some, had some fun in the process. And he acquitted himself nicely. He played well, really, the first three rounds, 66, 69, 69. Faded a bit on Sunday with a, uh, with a 70, but still finishes T11. Uh, minus 10 for the week. I tell you what, Sam Burns. I'm not going to forget about Sam Burns. No. I feel like I've been telling people for a couple months, we always forget about him. He was my pick to win this week because he he just plays well. I mean, I mean, not like Rory consistently levels, consistency levels, but really, really good. He has a tie for 7th, uh, 11 under for the week. Had a slow start on Thursday with a 70, but... Closes strong uh, with a 67. Uh, Tommy Lad, Tommy Fleetwood closes with 65. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Tommy not being able to kind of. Uh, he always seems to have one round that trips him up. Opened with a very poor 73 um, there at Congaree, but we would love. I would love to see Tommy challenging for. A major in in 2023 he's uh he's a he's a fan favorite fun follow yeah he's definitely he's just good to watch as well because i don't obviously the little like cut off follow through and stuff it's just a bit different isn't it and he seems so chilled when he's out there it's good to watch yeah i hope i hope he has a good year um in the next few months starting off yeah it was it was a packed field yeah, I think that um, Rom, for the first time in a long time, had a real chance to win. Uh, going into the final round was, uh, I believe, one back. Um, and just didn't get it done on, on Sunday. I, I was hoping he would challenge Rory a little bit more. Uh, but uh, you know, John's had a, as a quiet, quiet 2022. I think coming off of 2021 i certainly expected him to just keep that form going he seemed like uh, he was the unbeatable one 
back in 2021, but um, probably by anybody else's standards except his, uh, a solid year. But uh, to have no wins, at least no wins on the PGA Tour, uh, he did win this National Open back in uh, in October. Um, I do, again, I just think that uh, maybe this will be something that catapults him to a to a good 2023. But uh, it was a delight. It was awesome to see that many great players tee it up at the same time on a really cool golf course. I mean, you don't see golf courses like that on tour much at all. That being Congaree Golf Club uh, out in South Carolina. Second year in a row we've got to see it. I thought it played a lot better being in October versus the month of June last year for the for the Palmetto Cup. Um, for the little bit that you got to watch it, is that a golf course you'd uh, like to go uh, go attack at some point? For sure, yeah. Oh, that is the, on my bucket list. Wherever I could play, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> she, she didn't discriminate against golf courses, folks. Uh, well, let's go a long, long, long way away. Uh, I thought it was a great, great week. It matched up having you come on the pod and talk a little bit because the LPGA BMW Championship at um, in Korea, of all places, yeah. uh, was the LPGA stop. Kind of take us, uh, take us across the other pond. Yeah. Obviously, it was a long way away, so every time I wake up, something cool had happened um so i was at oak valley country club which looked really nice looked beautiful out there um bmw always a great sponsor i would feel like they have an english uh, tournament here in england and i've been to it actually ended up playing in the crowd i'm in it once and it's just they just do such a good job it's so fun um Dude, how many how many bmw championships are there i feel like there's one for everybody right i know there's loads I just, I'm not even sure how many there are. Well, you have the, this the, one. the yeah, we have this yeah. one in Korea. You have the BMW that's a part of the PGA Tour playoffs. You have the yeah. BMW PGA Wentworth. at Wentworth on the Euro Wentworth, men's yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's another one on, like, somewhere in the race to Dubai. Maybe it's in Germany. Maybe the one in Germany is. Yeah, it's, I think there is another one now, but. So shout out, shout out BMW for their shout support of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsor the pod. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah kind of like the CJ Cup. Six of the top ten players in the world showed up to the BMW. Um, and I mean, we'll jump, we'll jump straight to the case. Lady Akai won this week. So happy for her. She played awesome. There was some really good golf being played, really low scoring, um, which I think is just always nice to see as like a female golfer because sometimes I feel like obviously the men go so, so, so low right. all the time. And sometimes I feel like the women's story is not as low, but yeah, I mean, they're all like in the 20s and stuff. So I think. I have noticed that. I have noticed that too. So what, what are you going off script? What do you attribute that to? Like, why. Our LPGA uh, four-round 72-stroke play scores seemingly a lot higher or non-lower than the than on the men's side. Like, is there anything that jumps off the page to you of why that's the case? I think it's a combination of things like course setup. Just the female game 
for anyone who's listening that doesn't watch a lot of women's golf, I would highly suggest, like, if you're bored, sitting down one afternoon to watch because the courses are set up so differently. The, the scoring for women are kind of given opportunities with wedges and stuff, but with the men, because they have so much more stopping power, they can, you know, throw a six iron in there and they can stop it really close. I'm not saying that the women can't, because of course they can, but, you know, over four rounds every week, the men are probably just going to have that tiny bit more, like, spin control, even with their extremely long clubs. Um, whereas I feel like they set up the women's courses very much like long par fours and long par threes and then the par fives are like scorable um and this is very general statement there are of course ornaments like this one this was very low scoring um where it is set up more like as a men's kind of like style tournament um but yeah i'd probably just say that yeah i guess that does make sense that if you're hitting um if this course setup is made such that you're hitting a lot longer clubs into the holes yeah. than the guys are, um, that therefore the, the scoring would yeah. would be a lot higher. Uh, yeah, you're right. This one, this one definitely. The ladies did go low. Lydia Ko wins it at minus twenty one, capped off by a I think it was a sixty five, seven under par sixty five. Yeah. Um, and she, go ahead. Sorry. Um, she is now leading the player of the year leaderboard um, and she I don't know if you saw some of the clips from it I felt like that 65 she obviously played really well but she holds some long long parts and I mean we've written it down here she's always been great butting and it's good because she she kind of went away for a while um, and we'll touch on that in a minute but she I'm really happy for her she's like coming back it was a good win well, it's funny, you and I kind of jumped on a, a call on uh, this Thursday afternoon or Friday. I kind of get confused now, but a little bit of pod prep. And, you know, at that point, I believe the first round was in the books, and uh, we were thinking that uh, we might have a different world number one after this yeah. week, both on the men's and the women's tour, because Athia Titicum goes out and shoots a nine under par 63. I think she needed T4 or better to claim that number one spot and so after after that first round we we thought we were gonna be talking about something different yeah i mean so impressive for people who don't know who um she is 19 years old and just strolls out on the bmw nine under like it's no problem and amazing swing everything about her game is I'm honestly quite jealous. Oh, I'm <laughs> she, her swing is so great. Um, really impressive. She obviously wobbled a tiny bit, which, I mean, not to do the whole age thing, but at her age, even with all her experience and success, mm -hmm. that's going to probably happen at some point, and that's fine. She has so many more years to not wobble, but she still, you know, she still got up there. She... She just did great. I mean, it's so impressive. So impressive. Yeah, very impressive to see at that age uh, challenging to be the world number one player. Frankly, if she has a couple more high finishes um, here with the remaining events on the schedule, she probably will ascend to that number one spot. Um, it seems like a foregone conclusion at this point, but, you know, 
Lydia Ko is going to have something to say about that because you mentioned it. She is playing some fantastic golf right now. Now, player of the year on the LPGA is more uh, formulaic versus uh, on the guy's side where, you know, sports writers or peers or whatever are picking that on the LPGA. It's literally based on points and finishes, etc. And so in that regard, Lydia is leading uh, that race. Two victories. Uh, talk about a lot of top five finishes. 20 starts she has this year. She has 11 top five finishes. Amazing. I mean, it's so good. the consistency is unreal. And I watched a lot of the, um, so I did watch it obviously on replay, like after the fact. But her final round, we've talked about Jin Young on this pot a lot being robotic yeah. in a good way. And it's just like Lydia, easy swing off the tee, picks up the tee, just walks away. Just every single time. It's so calm and like serene. I think that's a good word to describe that. Like just so calm, just robotic, as you said, gets the job done. And as we, as I kind of mentioned earlier, if people who maybe don't follow women's golf, Lydia Kai was obviously, she still is now. Um, she's one of the best ever. And she kind of, we compared her the other day to speed because she kind of went away for a little bit, didn't she? Right, she kind of lost her game, yeah. Lost her game, kind of switched coaches, you know, that happens. Um, it's it's a lot of pressure, and there's a lot, I couldn't even imagine, there's a lot going on, and, and she went away, switched coach, and then she's finally come back, and I think it's clearly this year, in the last 20 starts especially, I mean, she's clearly back in her groove, she's got it back, whatever she's doing is working. Well, she won like 14 times before she was... 18 or something like that yeah no, she was like a power prodigy um and i mean people were comparing her like this is going to be the next tiger like next panica like everything um and i think she definitely she's still so young like she has the potential to to be one of the greatest she already is so yeah i'm really like it's always a nice like a nice comeback story what we were saying comparing her to speed she seems to have like got her groove back and more recently, Spieth has been in a better group than he was because he really kind of lost it, didn't he, for a while. Well, yeah, it's, I think that's where the Spieth comp comes in, right, is that Spieth, just like Lydia Ko, is this kind of golden child, you know, the next fill-in-the-blank, and in her case, the next Annika Sorenstam or the next Sari Pak or the next et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, maybe still on that trajectory, she's the youngest player to reach 18 PGA Tour, LPGA Tour wins since Say Repop in 2002. Now, I think that we got to be a little bit careful with how many wins she has versus how many wins, you know, the Tigers and the guys yeah. have because they Maybe tend I to. <laughs> well, and they, but they tend to not peak earlier, but start, the ladies tend to start earlier and finish earlier in terms of their careers. Yeah, right? So it's a little true. bit um, not apples to apples. Um, so you had the speed comp, but I was actually thinking kind of a Rory comp right now based yeah. on the consistency that she has had. And it's like, she's just, just like I said about Rory, she seems incapable of shooting a poor score right now. Yeah, I agree. Right now, she could definitely be compared to Rory. Even the top fives and stuff, they're so similar. And they both just won this week. They're like mirror image. They really so, are. Yeah, something 
surprising that happened over in Korea. Jin Young Ho, world number one, shoots seven over in the first round, and then 79 second round. So I think, I mean, I don't know what's going on there. I, I mean, um, everyone knows who's listening, who's a golfer. You wake up one day, as we said earlier, and it's gone. But, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's a shame for her that that happened. It sounds like she's been battling some fairly nagging injuries, yeah. but you're right on the money that yeah. I don't understand um, kind of how it can be kind of be that bad. I mean, she's she's teeing it up in these tournaments and, um, you know, world number one technically, but clearly hasn't been in form really for the entire year. And it's interesting, you know, a year ago, um, into the LPGA Tour season, it's like Nelly, JYK, Nelly, JYK, going back and forth on who's going to claim that number one spot, who's going to win next. I remember at the LPGA Tour Championship, I think Jin Young Ko hit like 63 consecutive greens in yeah, regulation, right? And it's like, yep, we're set up for an awesome 2023 where these two are just going to be battling it out for that top spot. And They've kind of both been non-factors. Yeah, well, both, I guess, I mean, Nelly, obviously, with uh, injury, or I guess you could call it an injury, her health scare at the beginning of the year, and then now Jin Young-Ko with her injuries. But I do, for her sake, I know she probably is, like, so passionate and wants to keep at the top of that leaderboard all the time, but she's clearly, like, struggling and is probably in pain I hope that she can fix her injuries um, soon because I don't know I think at some point you have to draw the line if you're injured you, she's probably doing herself way worse going out there confidence wise and, and body wise if she is really injured um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with her but yeah I hope she does have a speedy recovery because I mean her golf is so great to watch such a good example would be be a shame if she kind of fell off a little. Oh well, yeah, how great would it be if you had Nelly in top form, Jin Young in top form, squaring off against a resurgent Lydia Ko, and then the newcomer in Athia? That would be an unbelievable 2023 golf. That would be must-watch golf if those four were consistent, consistently near the top of leaderboards in 2023. Okay, well. One nice thing about all these BMW championships is when the sponsor of your event is a car manufacturer, that comes with certain perks, wouldn't you say? Definitely. So on the third day of the LPGA BMW, there were not one hole-in-one, but two hole-in-ones. And it's actually a really cool story. So Mayang Choi, she's retiring. And she hit a six iron on the twelfth hole, and she made a hole in one. So she won a BMW. And then about an hour and a half later, Aria Jutanagan, um, former world number one, she made another hole in one on the seventeenth, which was a seven iron, a hundred and eighty yards. I wish I could hit my seven iron, hundred and eighty yards. That's number one. Uh, you know they're they're pro they're probably at altitude, so you know give yourself a break. Still, that's very. <laughs> I wonder if she 
hmm, I might have to look up what golf club she's using. Maybe. Anyway, so that was really exciting. That it happened all within an hour and a half. So two BMWs were given out there, and as I said, for um, Troy to to be retiring. Um, what a nice retirement gift. Not bad. And a hole in one. It's great. Not bad. Not bad at all. Well, LPGA golf is always fun to watch. Again, it'll get a little easier to watch here over uh, the next month or so because uh, the ladies are coming uh, back to a golf course nearer you anyway. Uh, after one more stop uh, over in Asia, we have the, uh, the Toto Japan Classic first weekend of November and then uh, down to Florida for a couple of events, the Pelican Women's Championship uh, outside of Tampa, and then the uh, all-important CME Group Tour Championship the week of November 17th to the 20th, I believe that's the weekend, down in Naples. And so only three tournaments left in the LPGA season uh, for the ladies. All right, Hannah, I know you and I both love college golf we are going to spend a decent amount of time here talking a little college golf um gotta go a little bit of a stale topic in that it finished last wednesday but the big 12 men's match play down at uh in hockley texas at houston oaks our sooners come in a very 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 close second to the texas tech red raiders I know, I thought they were so dominant, and I really thought that they were going to do it, but, you know, it happens, that format can do that, but obviously, the full season, kind of, a lot of boys have, have been looking like they've got great form, so I hope they can carry it um, into the spring, and one person that, you know, we talked about the other day is Jake Holbrook, um, and of course, for anyone who hasn't listened before when I've been on the pod I was an OE player myself I just graduated this year so all these guys I'm friends with I know them extremely well Jake Holbrook is literally one of my best friends um and we were talking about it the other day that it's so great that he's on the team and he's you know made the team and finally showing his talent really um and I was talking to him just about you know what the difference has been because I remember last year he was always so close to qualifying and getting in the team I remember just talking to him and he was like two shots off one shot off or in a playoff or whatever and um yeah I mean I spoke to him about it and he just said honestly like this it's nothing about his game has changed because he's talented you know he's always been there all those guys are really talented they can all be at the golf ball it's just he said he's self and just really staying present when I was on the team on the women's side we talked about it constantly just looking at the ball that's in front of you right at your feet and saying okay what do I have to do now what's my next shot and he said that's what he's been prioritizing which I think for young golfers listening I just I think that's the best advice you can give I know personally that's helped my game massively but obviously really happy for him that he's coming out and he's playing some good golf um, and hopefully, yeah, I'll be on the team in the spring. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, when you have guys on your team like, you know, the Quade Cummins, the Jonathan Brightwells, the 
Garrett Rebans, the Chris Goderups, the Logan McAllisters, um, you know, those guys are kind of hoovering up a lot of spots, yeah. right? And so even yeah. if you're a highly touted, um, highly accomplished junior golfer, you come into a program like Coach Hibble has created, and it's um, you've really, really got to show out to be able to, to crack that lineup. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if he, in your chats with him, if he said anything to, um, to this point, but I feel like, you know, he makes match play of the U.S. Am this summer, and that's got to be a big boost for the confidence coming into the, to the fall season. Um, what kind of, you know, um, what kind of boost can that give a, an amateur player to really perform well in, in, frankly, the biggest event on the amateur scene going into uh, to a college season? Oh, massive confidence. And I know for a fact, just because I knew a few people who were at the USM, that course was, as it always is with the USM, set up so brutally and fairways are so narrow and the course was so long. Um, and I know that Jake hits the ball quite a long way. Um, I definitely think he's one of the longest on the team. Um, and definitely massive confidence boost. If you can hold your own around somewhere like that, then you'd feel good, I reckon, going into the college season. Um, it's definitely his strength, I think, hitting the ball a long way. He, he cranks it out there. Well, he played really well down in Houston. Uh, as did the as did the whole squad. In fact, it's an interesting deal where the way that that tournament was structured, pool play um, for five matches. Uh, there were at least two matches that the Sooners had where they won. They went six and zero in their matches and, and won every one of them. Had the biggest holes one differential uh, of the entire tournament, but come up again just slightly short. Uh, against um, Texas Tech, I believe that ended up being a three-two and one um, final. And here's the deal: news to me, like Texas Tech's the number one golf program in the country right now, according to Golfstat. I know. I think with all these top teams, there's always potential for someone that you may not think, or is maybe not on your radar, just in general getting to that number one spot and of course it fluctuates so quickly but yeah any top d1 program has the potential to do that um but yeah it's kind of as much as i would obviously love the OU boys to be at the top of course i would um it's refreshing you know there's a lot of repetitiveness every year the same kind of teams are up there um but yeah i mean we could be number one well, our man, our man Ludwig out at Texas Tech leading that charge uh, right now and really the, the fall portion of the season winding uh, to a close. Uh, Texas Tech number one, Vandy number two, Auburn three, Arizona State four, and Stanford fifth, uh, kind of rounding out your top five. And um, in the individual front, big news came out just today that uh, there's a proposal on the PGA Tours collective desk that the uh, number one golfer at the end of the PGA Tour University rankings would be automatically exempt with a PGA Tour card, which would be a huge, huge thing um, and make that even more competitive at the top. Yeah, that is, that is some incentive. 
right there. I mean, it's impressive. I think, I mean, I think if you've got that spot, because it's, you know, it's not like other ranking systems, I feel like lots of other ranking systems, you can have so much fluctuation, but I think if you're in top five there on PGA Tour U, then, you know, you've earned it. You're meant to be there, you've proven it. And I think if you're at the top, yeah, PGA Tour card, is amazing but i think it's deserved i think that's great incentive absolutely it's great incentive and um i think we've seen guys like a pearson cootie uh, come out and really play really well all summer long yet not even be able to get a corn fairy tour card let alone a pga tour card and so it kind of you know it, it lessens the incentive to stay in school um if no matter how well you play during college there's a uh, still a long route to get um, to uh, the uh, to the top tour. Uh, and again, currently number one ranked in the PGA Tour U, Ludwig Aberg. Uh, also number two ranked player in the World Amateur Golf Ranking. So another nice step. Well, let's turn all our attention to the ladies. Uh, just completed, and I mean within the last ten or fifteen minutes that we've been recording. Uh, the Jim West uh, Challenge down at Kissing Tree Golf Club, San Marcos, Texas. We'll get into kind of the uh, the bogeys and birdies, as it were, but I know that you got to play in this event at least a couple of times. Take us down to Kissing Tree uh, and tell us about this event. It's probably, it's quite well known in the women's college circuit, Jim West. So Jim West, uh, massive Texas State fan. So this Texas State's tournament, he is just, a very generous um basically him and his wife like golf fans um and they run this event down there at kissing tree amazing event there's this huge dinner and like a dj and roger clemens is there there's lots going on the rocket um, the rocket turns up uh-huh impressive DJ. he's the dj he, it's a party i'm telling you and we're all there like oh my god i've got shotgun 745 there's <laughs> And you're there like, oh, they have glow sticks. I remember, they have glow sticks, they have everything. And then you get, you get the gift. There's like these bags on the table and they say three, two, one. And everyone rips open these bags and it's like, God, what did I get? I got an iPad one year. I got Bose headphones. It's crazy. He's the most generous, lovely man. There's also karaoke that happened. A karaoke competition. What did, when I was at my previous school, Houston, we sang Spice Girls and had a dance routine and basically the winner of the karaoke competition won donations to their broker company. So that was some incentive. Sounds like high, highly serious golf competition going on highly down serious. in... Yeah, the, the women can sometimes, you know, be serious and sometimes not. But, you know, we get it done. The golf's good the day after. It's fine. Um, no, but Kissing Tree, great golf course. Very, It's always a stacked field. There's always some good teams there really good players so OU and OSU were there this week um and I mean yeah we can jump right into the results yeah let's get to the results again hot off the presses Oklahoma State after uh, having their streak of top three finishes broken last week up in Illinois uh, come through with a uh, a three-round total team total of man must be a pretty tough golf course because through three rounds four players counting uh, collectively nine under uh, par 
for the Cowgirls. Uh, they win the Jim West by two strokes over SMU. You know, fairly tightly bunched leaderboard. I mean, uh, when you when you kind of have a, a, a five count four system and uh, number one is separated from uh, number nine by only 18 shots that's a fairly fairly tight bunching Uh, but osu gets it done really on the on the strength of uh, hansan yu's a good play she finishes uh, as the top osu cowgirl at four under par seventh but man even with the defections uh, of Isabella Fierro, Kaylee McGintley, seems like OSU just keeps rolling. Yeah, they they have a deep roster. They so much talent in that team. All the girls are great. Um, I mean, Rena, she's. I mean, Rena in the moment, she's still so young, but she's just so talented. Um, and I'm sure, like in the spring, we'll see good few results from her. Um, but no, they they got it done. It was good. Obviously. There was a couple of good individual finishes for the Oklahoma girls. Absolutely. Um, Kayla, great. I remember last year, Meeks. I'll call her Meeks. Obviously, that's why I call her when I was on the team. But I'll be a professional, Michaela. She um, she played really well last year. There, she had a five under when we were there last year finishing. Uh, she clearly likes that golf course. I remember it's a lot of like wedges, and Mika is great at that. Just wedging it close, holding the park, moving on. Um, I know it was very windy there. Usually the scoring is way, way, way lower at this golf course, but I know it was windy, and I know it rained today at one point. Yeah, I had some rain this morning and um, windy this afternoon. I think whatever's coming through Oklahoma City uh, is just kind of just hitting down there um, from yesterday. But she was really in position played well relative to the rest of the field but um out of nowhere carla Burnett of tulane drops a seven under 65 on a day where the scoring average was over 70 uh to take this one looks like in a playoff over moa svinson schooled out of houston um so yeah you mentioned you mentioned mick had a nice finish um, Nina? Nina played well. She uh, right there, just outside the top ten. Um, yeah, I'm was... so happy for her. She, she's so talented. So I lived with her um, this past year. So Nina's hi, I miss you if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and she, so talented, and went through a little bit of a rocky stage, um, which is fine. Everyone goes through those, like with her golf and. Um, She's just such a hard worker, and her putting is just incredible. And when she gets going, she can really score low. And I'm really happy for her that um, she managed to, you know, shoot a few under, was two under first day, three under next day. She was one over today, but she just had literally like one bad hole, and that was honestly it. Um, so yeah, played well, was tied for the lead. Really, both both she and uh, Michaela were uh, at one point T1 uh, during the day-to-day. So a uh, l- little bit of a fade, but yeah, really good finishes for both of them. And uh, yeah, nine is a, she's a lot of fun. Uh, quite, quite, I got to play with her in the shot in the dark 
Classic last year, which, by the way, folks, if you haven't registered for the Shot in the Dark Classic, it's coming up fast and furious. DM us for details. Uh, but she, uh, she got a little sassy to her as well, I think it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anita's a great competitor. She's always good to, you know, have a little putting game with or something. She, She's great. No. The rest of the team, kind of, I obviously have spoken about this before when I was on the team. We... The talent is there it just like over the the three rounds it just kind of dissipates towards the end but i mean the team can take confidence from it you know there's just a couple of bad rounds but everyone else on the other end played played well yeah i really think it'll be interesting when uh ou puts it all together for three rounds of a tournament and everything clicks i could really see based on the talent level alone OU jumping up and grabbing a victory uh, when we turn the calendar to the spring. Uh, but this week it was OSU again on the uh, on the strength of a great three rounds from Hassan Yu, Rina Tanamatsu, and then uh, not surprisingly Maddie Henson Tolgard has a nice week as well, finishing under par as the uh, the third cowgirl to finish under par. Uh, Hannah, I can't let you out of here without talking about your burgeoning career. Um, folks may remember that Hannah became a regular contributor on the You're Still Out Golf podcast because she decided to forego a professional career and uh, get into the broadcast journalism game. But um, I would say uh, a great decision to change that decision and decide to pursue professional golf. First of all, just give us the uh, give us the elevator speech for uh, why the change in direction. Mm, how long do you have? No, I'm doing. Um, well, it's a short okay. building, so a short elevator, right? Short elevator. Okay. I changed my mind. There we go. Okay. I changed my mind. I think for anyone coming out of college or coming off a, a long stretch of golf, and I'm talking like for me that was. 15 or 16 years um, or probably yeah maybe 13 years competitive golf it's I think I just needed time to like stop and think and I really didn't do that I wanted to jump straight into something so I just kind of made the decision which I thought was what I wanted to do but long story short I really started to miss competing I had a pretty good summer and I yeah honestly just missed it and I was like you know what what am I doing I can I think I'd regret it if I didn't try, and I don't want to be in that position. Um, and my family and support people, I spoke to Coach Lee and Coach Sermon um, as well. I had a long chat with Sam about, about it, because it's not a light decision to take, of course, and everyone's just been so great and so helpful. And, you know, I've made the decision to turn pro. I am actually a pro now, because I played in my first event the other day. Um, nice. No, it was it was fun. It was different. It was a mixed event actually, and it was eighteen holes, like straight shootout. So um, that was really good. I had a lot of fun. I actually played quite well, which was nice as well on the debut. But um, yeah, making the decision and now turning pro, I'm so excited. I'm so I feel so happy and like so clear. So my plan is I'm going to qualifying school. Uh, qualifying stages in La Manga in Spain in December to try and get my European tour card. Okay. And we'll just go from there. So we're we're prepping right now. I'm in full training mode for the next six weeks. And when does Q School for the LET start? So 
the pre there's pre qualifying down there. It's it's a bit different to the LPGA, which is more spaced out. So the tenth to the thirteenth of December is pre qualifying, and then the final qualifying is the seventeenth to the twenty first. So it's all in one place. There is another pre qualifier in Asia, which is going on pretty soon. Um, but yeah, it's a bit different to you know your typical stages that are spread out. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. I'll be down there, fingers crossed, for a long time because I'll be there till the end, hopefully. <laughs> well, I continue to find myself being more and more of a position to uh, to give advice, but um, I, I held back on that when you first told me you were not going to go pro because, like, who am I to to uh, to, to give advice to to a uh, very accomplished golfer? But I think you made it brilliant decision because as you get older there as you get older there are a lot of things that you don't have any choice in the matter of what you want to do or not to do and you don't want to look back and say man what if i would have given it a try and you know that could go for playing pro golf or just traveling abroad or all the things that you are unlikely to be able to do at a future stage in life so good on you for giving it a try obviously we will be following closely Thank you. I'm excited. I'll keep you updated. Well, um, man, we are uh, we're pushing the hour mark here. Yeah. Um, we've had a good chit chat. We've had a great chat. I think we've uh, re- really enjoyed it. I um, want to give you a chance here, since you are pursuing the professional game, and uh, best I can tell, you've been documenting that fairly well out on social media. How can our listeners, if they're not already following you, get at you out there on the socials? So you can follow me on Instagram, Hannah underscore screen, or on Twitter, which is Hannah underscore gold. And I'm going to do a shameless plug. I am an adult now. I have a website. Whoa. (laughs) I know. I know. It's serious. It's real. It's happening. Um, So I have a a website. It's hannahscreen.com. And basically... It's just a bit about me, really, um, just, like, what I'm doing. Um, obviously, you know how it goes, going out there trying to find sponsors. So um, that's why I've done it. So, yeah, if anyone wants a bit of light reading and is intrigued, um, yeah, head to the website. And it's literally hannahscreen.com? Yeah. Nick Screen, my dad, was smart. I was about 15. He never told me this until recently. He bought the domain name, hannahscreen.com, just in case I wanted my own business or something. But he was like, I, did, I wouldn't want to tell you because that just like puts pressure on you or whatever. So, yeah, well done on Pops. Secretly. Go, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Dad. Well done. Well done. I'm sure he'll expect a cut of whatever comes out of that in the future. But uh, Yeah. Well, very good. We wish you the best of luck. Obviously, we will also be giving you everything you need to know about Hannah's burgeoning pro career and everything else going on in the game of golf at YSO Golf on both Twitter and Instagram. I mentioned Scotty out in Vegas. We have Keith in Hawaii. They are sending back beautiful photos as we speak that we'll get up on our Instagram page for those of us who like to live vicariously through others on golf trips. Uh, If you can't get out of state, out of your time zone, or even out of your own zip code, at least get out there in your neck of the woods and enjoy the walk.